Johnny Boy. Tremendous Monday to you. What is up? Uh, that's for these two asshole friends of mine, Jay and Chris, who alleged that I sound similar to a particular sports talk personality who may or may not call his fans clones. I don't think so. Even though even though my own wife agreed and said that, yes, sometimes on this podcast, I sound like like, like Jim Rome. I don't see it. Not cool. Epic. Awesome. I sound, I sound nothing like him. Fuck that. Fuck you. All right. Episode seven. 
here we are on a Monday, on a Monday, because I don't know, because I don't know, I don't know anymore, like when I'm going to have, you know, I started doing this, it was Friday, it was every Friday, and then last week I did a bonus episode on a Sunday just because I felt real, I felt real podcasty, so I did a fucking Sunday podcast, you're welcome, and then I did last week's podcast on Wednesday because I didn't think I would have time to do it on Friday, and I didn't. So I'm glad I did it Wednesday. And now something's telling me as the week goes on, I'm definitely not going to be able to do a podcast on Friday this week. That's for sure. Uh, There's stuff going on Thursday. And I just get this weird feeling that it's just after today, the week is going to get get away from me. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, So here we are on Monday doing a podcast. And then after this... (coughs) God damn it. I'm just coughing. It's dry. It's dry. Mm. Mm. That's that's tasty water. That's good. <sighs> what about what was I saying? After today, after this week, after oh yeah, I'm I'm uh, I've got shit going on next week. It's a vacation week of sorts. And so I don't know if I'll do a podcast next week. I will try to, but please understand that this might be it for a good week and a half or two weeks or so. Okay? Just, you know, come on. Give me a break. You, you know what? If, you, if, if this isn't enough, this will be episode seven. Spend your vacation. Spend your 4th of July week going back and listening to... All the episodes over again. Come on. That's fun. Do that. And uh, spend spend the rest of the time. Actually, you know what you can do? If there is no podcast next week, and I don't know if there will be. I'm going to try to do one. That's I'm not like, you know, I'm going to try to do one. If there isn't one, and you can take that extra time that you spend listening to the podcast, and you can go out and tell all your friends about the podcast and have them listen to the first seven episodes for the first time ever. Maybe listen to it with them. Uh, you know, you can, you can, yeah, share, share the word, spread the word, share the links on Facebook. When I post this thing and I post a link to the iTunes and the RSS, you know, all the feed and all that shit, uh, take that, copy it, copy it and share it. That's what you can do. Spend the whole week, spend every second of the week that I may or may not do a podcast next week, the 4th of July week, spend that whole week just, uh, you know, running around town, telling everyone about the birthday boy podcast. In addition to that, oh, there's, that's, oh man, that sounds good. Voice, voice sounds good today. Uh, there's the golden pipes. <coughs> uh, fuck. Mm. <coughs> fuck. <laughs> I thought that might help, but uh, I don't know. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be like the ultimate irony if I'm losing my voice? I finally, I finally, after all these years, sit down and do a fucking podcast, and then I lose my voice. And now the Birthday Boy Sign Language Podcast. Oh, I hope that uh, doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. There's two things that aren't going to happen. I get, I may get older and fatter and grayer. Although I have lost 20 pounds, so you know, go fuck yourself. I'm not getting fatter. I'm getting, I'm going to be light as a feather soon enough. So just get ready. Uh, but yeah, getting older and, uh, all that shit, two things that aren't going to happen. I'm not, 
I may or may not lose weight, but I'm not going to lose any goddamn hair. It may all turn gray, but I'm not losing hair, and I'm not losing the golden pipes. This this orgasmic voice that you hear ain't going nowhere, baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, so many things to talk about. So many things. Where do I start? Uh, I could start with some email. People have been emailing me at the following email address, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, Nate's going to be happy to realize, uh, Nate's going Nate's gonna to be happy to know that I didn't even write that down. Uh, Nate gave me some advice, emailed the birthday boy podcast, and uh, gave me some advice, which was to, <laughs> which was to write down the name of the, the email address. Because as you may know, every week that I've had this uh, birthday boy podcast, at gmail.com email address, I've sat down and I've uh, gone to uh, list, uh, read the, the, the email address, state the email address, announce the email address, give you the email address, and I can't remember the name of it. And it's not that difficult of a name. It's actually pretty simple, but I'm uh, a bit of a simpleton, so it's difficult for me. Birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. That's, that's it, man. Email me. Oh, uh, no. What? Okay. Oh, okay. Fuck. I thought uh, I thought the computer... I thought I had stopped recording for some reason, but it looks like it hasn't. So, yeah, obviously a really, really polished podcast today. Really coughing, drinking water, gargling on, on the air, and uh, not sure if the thing's even recording. Yep, keeping it as professional as possible. And I had my first belch on the air last week, too. I got a lot of good feedback on the belch. Everybody thought it was really classy. And they enjoyed the sound of it, and they want me to do it a lot more. So I will, I will abide as much as I can. All right. So Nate, Nate sent me an email regarding episode six. Hilarious. Loved this episode. We have the same type of neighborhood forum too. So funny. Uh, you know, the sounding board theater. I'm gonna try another sounding board theater today. It's not. It's not the. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Just shut up. We'll get to it. Uh, and then, uh, Nate regarding, oh, re- oh, that's what I want to get to as well. I've got a few emails, but uh, Nate gave me some feedback on the, uh, on the bike path. I got, a, I had a couple of people reach out, uh, and Nate remembered quizzing Joe and Sean, which I said, he said, I feel like the signing of the Magma Carta was a topic. Of course, I think he means Magna Carta, you fucking illiterate, uh, bastard. Liquid hot Magma Carta. I really thought it was the Missouri Compromise. Shimo, I know you're listening. Tell me, was it the Missouri Compromise or the Magna Carta? Or was it the Magma Carta, which was the carta created in liquid hot magma, as I said? Um, Shimo will know. Shimo will not only know, he'll text me within minutes of this podcast going up because Joe's so fucking great. Everybody listening to this podcast, man, it's un- it's it's unbelievable. Like, tons of people are listening and texting and emailing and stuff, and it's it's awesome. What the fuck was that sound? Yeah, that was weird. Anyway, uh, so Shimo and Shimo's one of them. Joe's Joe texts me with like corrections and things and pieces that I may have left out. Uh, Joe somehow Joe texts me about the podcast seemingly minutes after I post the podcast and the podcast is sometimes an hour, hour and a half long. 
And Joe is like, I feel like I post the podcast and five minutes later, Joe has responded to me with feedback about the entire show. Uh, sometimes I get texts about feedback on the the entire show as I'm recording it, which is which is amazing. It's sort of like it's like when uh, when Laura Winslow would call Steve Urkel and she would say, "Steve, can you come over?" And then there would be a knock on the door instantly. That's like Shimo. I, I, I'll post a thing on Facebook. Hey, the new episode of the podcast is up, and then I get a text instantly with it's ninety minutes worth of feedback from Shimo, which is awesome. Joe. Uh, Magna Carta or Missouri Compromise. I really thought it was the Missouri Compromise that I quizzed you on when you were shit face drunk on the bike path doing somersaults and flips into a, a pond of sludge and filth, icy sludge and filth, because, again, it was the beginning of November. It was like Veterans Day Eve. I really thought it was the Missouri Compromise that I was quizzing you on to make sure you were still with us. And uh, Nate said it was the Magna Carta. Well, Nate said it was the Magma Carta. Uh, so it could be that, or the Magna Carta. I don't know. I mean, who knows? We obviously did really well in high school, so well that we know the difference between the Missouri Compromise and the Magna Carta and the Magma Carta. So Shimo, just uh, tell me if it's uh, tell me if it's the Missouri Compromise. That's what I said last week, and I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Nate said. So we went to Gina's house. I called my mom and asked to sleep at your house. <laughs> your dad smelled the booze when he walked by the car in the morning. I was really the only one to get in trouble from that. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I do remember this now. I remember Nate calling. Nate, I remember calling his mother from Gina's house. I remember you sitting and you uh, somehow you pulled your shit together. You were all over the place. You were just you were giddy and laughing and screaming all over the place. And you pulled your shit together enough to call your mom and say, "Hey, can I sleep at John's house?" And you went from like, you know, belligerent, screaming, yelling, laughing, all of a sudden like, uh, "Yes, hello, uh, mother. Uh, would it be, uh, would it be okay? Would it be to your liking if I spent the night at my friend John Hopkins' house? We had some studying to do, and I would like to." Uh, get up early in the morning and uh, be as efficient as possible with our day off and the studying uh, that we have to do uh, on the morrow. So I would greatly appreciate it if you would allow me the permission to uh, spend the night at the at the Hopkins house this evening. Oh, you do. A f- splendid mother. Thank you. Thank you in advance for uh, giving me the opportunity uh, to further advance my studies and my my uh, academic aptitude uh, by being able to sleep over at Hopkins' house. Thank you, Mother. I will see you uh, again. I will see you on the morrow. Uh, good day. And then hang hung up the phone. <laughs> Screaming and laughing back to the usual shit. I couldn't. I was. I was very very impressed. Now that you remembered. Now that you reminded me of that Nate, I do remember you calling your mom and asking to sleep over at my house, and it worked. Uh, yeah. And also, Carl reached out to me. Carl Hat, very good friend, going back many years to before high school, to being on the soccer team when my dad coached the soccer team in third, fourth, and fifth grade. And uh, Carl was on that team. He was quite good. I was quite not good. And uh, yeah, we became friends from there, from there on. And. Uh, yeah, Carl reached out and said that he helped me clean Sean's puke. He was at Gina's house. We went to my good friend Gina 
we we didn't go right to dropping everybody off. We went from Stewart's to me cleaning up all the puke to then going to Gina's house and cleaning up more puke off of my friends, and Carl helped out, and Nate used Gina's phone to call his mother and ask to sleep over at my house. So those are some details that I omitted last week, but those are those are factual. And uh, yeah, so thanks, dudes. Thanks, dudes, for, for reaching out. Uh, speaking of Carl, we, we got to talking not just about the bike path, but Carl and I were texting back and forth about all kinds of stuff from the old days. And, you know, on a previous episode, the topic of people who had shitty video games, Carl didn't have shitty video games. He had no video games. Somehow he had a Super Nintendo, and the only video games he had were my video games or Nate's video or somebody else who would let him borrow video games. So he didn't even have shitty video games. He just had nothing, and we would, we would let him borrow our video games. And also on that topic, I mentioned how, you know, all the good friendships of, of my life are based on video games. You know, all the good friendships that go back to, to high school and elementary school, grade school, based on video games, who had the best video games, and then as a result, who would get invited to sleep over based on those video games. Not so much friendship or, or you know, any kind of, you know, admiration or or, you know, enjoying each other's company or anything like that. It was really more just, come on over, you've got video games that I like, I've got video games that you like, let's uh, let's figure out a way that we can all benefit from this arrangement. And Carl was a little bit different in that Carl, again, he had no video games, so there was no real reason to hang out with Carl. <laughs> there was just no reason at all to hang out with Carl. <laughs> but we did, because Carl's a great dude, that's why we hung out with Carl. I tease, I, I kid because I love. Um, so Carl had no video games worth worth having. Um, of course, now that I think about it, Carl never slipped over at my house and I never slipped over at his. So I'm, yeah, maybe uh, maybe that is true. I mean, the sleepovers that I had, it was really people who had the good video games. I never, I don't think I ever slept over at your house, Carl. I don't think you ever slept over at mine either. And rightfully so. You didn't have any video. I mean, what's what's for me to, to benefit from any of that? What's What do I gain out of that, out of having you sleep over? <laughs> so, but, this, but Carl told me this one time, though. And by the way, I, I joke about all that stuff, but Carl's no better than any of us, though. You know, using our friends for great video games. Carl was no stranger to that either. In fact, Carl, Carl went one step ahead of all of us because one time, you know, Street Fighter 2 came out great arcade game i obsessed over it a lot of people my age you know i would i would sit in bed at night um and just think about this arcade game and then it came out on super nintendo and it was almost identical to to the arcade game it was just amazing everybody wanted to have it everybody had it it was awesome one of the happy happiest days of my life was getting super nintendo and getting street fighter 2 and so one time carl and carl was equally as obsessed over street fighter 2 one time Carl invited me over on a Saturday. He called up to see if I could come over, and I couldn't. I, had, I don't know what was going on, but I had something else to do. I said, oh, shoot, sorry, man. I can't come over today. I'm, I'm going here. I'm doing whatever. And Carl said, oh, okay. <laughs> and then before we hung up the phone, Carl goes, well, do you think you could just stop by and drop off Street Fighter 2? <laughs> so... That's like at least at least Joe and I would pretend to like each other, like pretend to be friends. Oh, hey, buddy, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, you just got super ghouls and ghosts. Hey, want to have a sleepover? 
oh yeah, let's. Uh, it has nothing to do with your video games, but you know, bring them anyways. Bring whatever. If we if we get to the video games, fine. If not, fine. But just bring them all. Make sure you bring them all and bring all the controllers. Uh, don't do not forget them. Do not forget those fucking video games. But it's it's all about you, man. It's all about us hanging out, and you know, I'll bring my video games. You'll bring it. But but that's no big deal. We'll just. But don't fucking forget those video games. And Carl skipped right ahead to like, hey, uh, man, that's too bad. You know, if if Joe couldn't hang out, or if I couldn't hang out with Joe or Nate, if we couldn't get together, we would just pretend that that was a real bummer. Like, oh, oh man, shit, you're busy this weekend. Uh, well, okay, maybe next weekend. And Carl, Carl just skipped right past the pleasantries. He's like, hey, can you come over today? Uh, no, Carl, sorry, I can't. Okay, well, that's no big deal. Can you just drop off Street Fighter 2 so I can play it? Cool, man. <laughs> I get it. I like that, cutting out the middleman. Why bother? Why hang out when we're only doing this to play each other's video games? I fucking love that shit, man. That's so funny. Uh, and obviously, obviously, these are friends that I've had for 20, 25, 30, 35 years, so clearly... And we haven't played, I haven't played video games with any of them in quite some time. So I guess, I guess maybe, maybe it's more than just video games. Although, yeah, you can make an argument either way. So yeah, that was, that was an awesome email, Nate. Thanks, man. You're the best. And he also, uh, yeah, what I, I think that was it. Yeah. Bike path. Uh, yeah, and then Nate suggested write your email address on something so you can quickly see it and read it during the show rather than trying to memorize it, which is a great... I didn't because I really want to try and memorize this email address, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Look at that. I didn't even... Okay, sure, I was looking at my phone, which has the podcast uh, email listed on it, but I'm I'm really going to... I'm going to commit this thing to memory. I'm going to commit that email address to memory, an email address that I created based on the name of a show that I created that I can't seem to remember the name of. I'm going to commit that to memory. Uh, and then Nate says, love what you're doing. Uh, love the show. And also says, uh, oh, and I'm proud of you, man. Keep it up. I love you, man. You're awesome, Nate. Seriously. Fucking, fucking awesome. Even, even though you did have shitty video games (laughs) early on, uh, you've come around, uh, both in quality and quantity of video games. And, uh, you're a great human being. Um, and so if you're listening to this show, you're a great human being too. Not to not to diminish what I just said about Nate. I just I offered a compliment of Nate as a great human being and then said, oh, and also so is everybody else. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> you know you know what I mean. You know I fucking love you. Uh, speaking of people I love, Nate's wife, Carrie Dumas, another email. Uh, oh, I loved your, uh, an email. Oh, cause Carrie mentioned, uh, that she loves banana splits because of course she fucking loves banana splits because only a fucking asshole would love banana splits. So naturally, naturally Carrie, uh, wrote me to say that she loves banana splits. Cool. Carrie. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's better than, what's better than ice cream, uh, ice cream with healthy fruit in it. Oh yeah. Awesome. I fucking knew you would be a banana split lover too. I just knew it. Uh, also said, I loved your response. Would never be offended by anything that you say. The more you make fun of me and insult me, the better. Seriously. What the fuck kind of thing is that to say, Carrie? 
What the fuck, Dumas? The more you make fun of me and insult me, the better. Like, what kind of fucking asshole are you? You stupid goddamn idiot. Hopefully that was good enough. That was that was me insulting you purely for the sake of insulting you because you asked me to. And that's what this podcast is all about, on demand. You email me and ask for something, I will give it to you. Ask for more insults, I'll insult you. You dumb fuck, Carrie. Uh, so Carrie then goes on to say, highlights from this latest put out today. I freaking loved how you said Joe's parents might find out stuff and that he even said that. It is beyond funny. And then he said he was going to go around and defile all of the pillows when his parents were gone. And then prefacing the bike pass story uh, with that he might get grounded. Radio gold, just gold. And by the way, that was that was great because Shimo reached out to me after the podcast to say, great, now <laughs> he goes, great. Now everyone's going to think that I went around humping pillows back in the day. Shimo, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I'm pretty sure everybody thought that long before my podcast came out. Uh, just kidding, all jokes. Uh, love what you and Kimmy do to em- each other, to embarrass each other. I got some good ideas from it and can't wait to use them. I'm a firm believer in humili- humiliating. I can't pronounce the word humiliate. What the fuck kind of an ad? I'm making fun of everybody else for having, you know, mush mouth. Look, listen to me, mush mouth idiot over here. I'm a believer in humiliating and embarrassing our partner brings you closer together. I 100% agree, Dumas. Uh, The intro is amazing. I 100% agree, Dumas. Uh, I know you love me best because you know how much I'm freaking enjoying this. More moments I cracked up, but I have to go to meet my dad. Keep it coming. Once a day, please, for four hours. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's uh, not going to happen. Zero chance of every day for four hours. Because quickly, the Birthday Boy podcast would then become your least favorite podcast. Uh, Can you imagine me talking for four hours a day, every day? Yeah, we would. Yeah, then then you would hear my thoughts on pro wrestling and sports. And these are thoughts that nobody should ever have to hear. Oh, man, there's other emails. And I got one from my buddy, Chris. I'm going to talk about these dudes. Chris Corsia. And Jay Walker, my two buddies from uh, Florida when I worked at Seacoast. Uh, Chris writes uh, regarding scratchers, scratch-off tickets, and overspending on scratch-off tickets. He goes, I love scratching them because they scratch. That's a valid point. That's a valid point, Chris. Oh, and I love wearing my soccer jersey. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not how that's not how Chris sounds. My good buddy Chris Corsia, one a fine human being. This dude, when I when I lived in Florida, and Kim was pregnant with Kaylin, our youngest, and I had to go to the ultrasound, but Cameron was not allowed in. It to be a certain age to go into the ultrasound. I said, okay, well that means either I can't go in or I have to find somebody. And I, everybody that I worked with in my in the accounting department at this bank in Florida. I said, hey, anybody anybody want to come with me to the ultrasound and just push my daughter around in the stroller out on the sidewalk for like 30 minutes so I can go in and see my see my second-born child or soon-to-be second-born child for the first time on this ultrasound? 
And of course, everybody, you know, told me to go fuck myself except for Chris. And Chris came with me and he pushed a two year old Cameron around, not even two year old, one and a half year old Cameron around in the stroller in the parking lot of the doctor's office so I could go in and see my child for the first time on the ultrasound. So Chris Corsia will forever be a very special person to me. And I love him. He's such a good guy. And so is Jay. Even though Jay was one of the people that said, go fuck yourself, Hopkins. I'm not going to push your kid around in the stroller while you go look at the uh, ultrasound for your other kid, who I also won't push around in a stroller for any reason. So, But despite that, I, I love Jay, too. But these two guys, together, the three of us, we were, we were known as the Cackling Crows uh, by our, our good friend Carlene, who I also love. And we would be in one of either my office or Jay's office or Chris's uh, little intern desk that was back in a, in a corner with no lighting. Whoever, wherever we were, we would just, we would cackle and laugh and just chat all, all the live long day. Well, anyways, uh, so yeah, so we were known as the, the cackling crows. And so, yeah, Chris and Jay and I would have many, a, many an evening at the local watering hole and uh, lots of fun fun times together. And what, what was generally a pretty miserable experience being in Florida, uh, you know, it was always great doing stuff with the kids, getting to go outside, you know, 12 months out of the year, going to Disney World and the beach and stuff like that was fun. Uh, but it was it was pretty miserable. And these two guys were, were a big part of uh, making it not so miserable because they were funny fucking guys. And we would uh, we would just chat about all anything that happened in the boardroom and then we would just make up stories and it's it's it was crazy it was fun it was so fun the three of us the cackling crows Uh, so chris chris and jay listen which i love i love you guys for listening and chris i started reading the email but i realized i was i was doing it in the wrong voice uh because chris corsia uh, was actually uh would sound like this uh oh yes uh a uh, good day, uh, Mr. Hopkins, sir. Uh, uh, gee, Willikers, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I love scratching scratcher tickets because they scratch. Uh, that's that's a, a pretty a pretty nice insight from me. And uh, oh, gee whiz! I also, I love wearing my soccer jersey when sitting on my sofa watching a non-soccer event. It is the spice of bank life. And now I'm listening to episode six. You a-hole. Love you, man. Your bank life colleague, Corsia. Uh, Chris, I hope you, I hope you will continue to listen even after that, because I really, uh, I really should, I really should do that imitation. Sounds nothing like Chris, but that's the, that's the imitation that, uh, that Jay and I came up with whenever we would, uh, repeat something that Chris said. And if I wasn't imitating Chris, as Jay reminded me last night, I was usually kicking, uh, Chris, Chris was like, uh, what were you? He's like a semi-professional soccer player, or or football, uh, as they say, uh, out there on the pitch. And uh, he's quite a good soccer player, probably still is. And so naturally, when I heard this news that Chris was a really good soccer player, I would run up and down uh, the hall of the accounting department, pretending that I was kicking a soccer ball around and pretending, pretending to, you know, and just miming. Uh, these professional soccer moves, you know, kicking my feet uh, in and out and in front of and behind the one foot in front of the other and then up and down. And then I would pretend then I would kick my knee up in the air and then my other knee pretending that I was that I was bouncing the soccer ball on my knees. And then I would pretend to headbutt the soccer ball. And uh, and then Chris would, you know, call me a fucking asshole. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, and then and then we would just laugh and go have lunch, and so that was uh, one of the many highlights of the uh, the cackling crows, of being one of the cackling crows, and of course, so we would do uh, an imitation of Chris, and uh, it would always, you know, sound like somewhere between Mickey Mouse and Butters from South Park. Oh, gee willikers, Mr. Schaefer, I uh, had an idea for uh, next month's reporting, sir. So, yeah, that's <laughs> good fun. Oh, man. And those guys were, they were assholes to me, too. We were all three of us assholes to each other. So that's what that's what made the friendship work. And we still are. They were texting me the other day. They were giving me shit yesterday because RSS was down or something like that, and they couldn't download last week's episode of the podcast. I said, I don't know. I, I'm not, like, tech support. I just do the podcast, and then it shows up. Uh, oh, gee, Willikers, John, I uh, realize the podcast is not downloading. Uh, what the fuck, asshole? And so and then Jay's, you know, Jay's calling me an idiot. Everybody's calling me an idiot. These two fuckers are calling me an idiot because the podcast won't download on their phone. I'm like, I don't I don't work for our, I don't run the website that hosts the podcast. I just do the podcast. I'm the host of the podcast, but I'm not hosting the podcast. And then, uh, yeah, so they're, they're two fucking assholes, and we're all assholes to each other, and that's what makes it such a great friendship, and I love those guys, Jay and Chris. And uh, so, uh, so I'm going to get to that in a sec, because there's 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 a couple of things from Florida, from Seacoast, that I want to talk about on this week's edition of the Birthday Boy Podcast, but I want to re- read one other email. Uh, uh, Chris Chris also responded to let me know that he does not wear a soccer jersey at all, so who knows who knows what to, what to believe with this guy. He does wear a soccer jersey. He doesn't wear a soccer jersey, you know, so he's not only... Uh, you know, a great guy for watching my kids so I could go see the ultrasound, but he's also a pathological liar for saying he does wear a soccer jersey, doesn't wear a soccer jersey. Who even knows? Uh, last email for the week, which is just awesome, dude. My cousin Ryan. Uh, Ryan writes in, and he's such a great fucking guy. I love you, man. Listen to this. Uh, the subject of the email, you fucking rock, cuz. Hey there, long-time listener, first-time writer. You know, I've never been uh, never been into podcasts. I was always like, why the fuck would I ever want to listen to someone talk in a format like this? Great question. Valid point. Why would you? Uh, I can't even stand to be on the phone for more than a minute. I That, I, that must be in the DNA. Same here. Uh, that is until the birthday boy podcast came along, dude, you had me fucking laughing so hard. I totally grabbed a pint of ice cream during the weight watchers bit. You're a great dad and the girls are lucky to have you. Every episode has consistently gotten better than the last one. Uh, keep it up, dude. This needs to last forever. Anyways, thanks for making my days better. P.S. Ah, P.S. I worked at Dairy Queen. Fuck banana splits. Your best cousin, Ryan. Well, Ryan, I can officially tell you uh, that from that email, as well as uh, your take on not talking on the phone because the phone sucks, and your take on banana splits because banana splits, much like positivity, are for fucking morons, fucking asshole idiots, uh, and all the kind things that you had to say about the podcast, Ryan, you, sir, are the best cousin. There's no question. You're it's It's undisputed at this point. It's not even... You know, there's as far as cousins go, there's Ryan, and then there's everybody else uh, for that for that kind kind email. What a good dude! Thanks, man. He's awesome. 
And so that's that's the emails. I love it. There's we're getting getting more email every week, and, and it's great. And new people show up in the inbox, like Mr. Corsia, like cousin Ryan, and then you've got Dumas, who is the first emailer, who will always have a special place in my heart for that, despite the fucking you know banana split garbage. Uh, and then of course Nate, fucking awesome guys. I love it, man. So one other, uh, not an email, but a text from my very good friend Jody. You know, it's fucking awesome. Like these guys, Jay and Chris, Carleen, from all my friends that all all these places that I've worked. You get Jody from when I worked in Charlotte. Great, great friends. Fucking awesome. Jody writes. Uh, by the way, I could do a whole episode on Jody. Do a whole episode on Jay and Chris. I, gotta, I haven't even talked about. I work for this uh, Balance Sheet Solutions up in Albany. I work for this credit union with some. You know, there's some good stories there. There's just yeah, lots of stories. Lots of stories. Got to write them down and then uh, and then tell them. I guess. So Jody writes, "I'm totally listening to your podcast. I'm already hooked. So don't stop." Okay, it's, uh, it's simple enough. I won't stop. Everybody's hooked. On the podcast, and I will not stop, ever. It's just a machine. It's just going to keep steamrolling down the mountainside, and uh, it's just going to get bigger and bigger, more like a snowball down the mountainside. It's going to get bigger and bigger into a big snowball, and then it just, just smashes everything in its path. That's what this podcast is. It's a juggernaut. It's a real, it's a real juggernaut. <laughs> Oh man. Uh so that's thank you. Thanks everybody for the feedback, for the texts, for the emails, all that shit. It's awesome. Uh <clears throat> so I wanted to I don't know where I want to start today. There's uh, there's so many things and I'm already like 30 plus minutes into this podcast and I've I've done nothing. I've done nothing. I want to talk about uh you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna skip right to. I, I mentioned I had some things I wanted to talk about from the uh, from the online forums. You know those things. Uh, the <laughs> look at that. Look at that. The Nashua Sounding Board. The first thing that I turned to from two hours ago. Where do I get the best pizza in Nashua? You might as well just go on these things and ask. Please name every single pizza place in town because everybody has different tastes. Everybody likes good pizza, some people like shitty pizza, some people like the in-between pizza, and they're going to recommend, every, everybody has a different thing that they like. And anybody who's saying anything other than Sopranos pizza in Nashua, by the way, is wrong. That's the only good pizza in Nashua, because Nashua pizza sucks. <laughs> it's, a, it's a low, it's a low, uh, it's a low bar to, to meet, and there's, there's one good pizza place, and there's some others that are fine, they're okay. Anyways, listen to me. Here I am. I get sucked into this sounding board shit. Guy asked for the best. There's 150. Oh, there's 169 comments. Where to get the best pizza in Nashua? I don't even. I was going to read something else, but I just happened to listen to all this. It's every pizza place. Every pizza place. And then and then one person says one thing and the other person. No, don't go there. It's terrible. Go here. Why do you even ask? Why do we even ask where do you get the best pizza? Because everybody's going to list every place. And for every person that says this place sucks, a person's going to say that's the greatest pizza. And every person that says this is the greatest pizza, the person's going to say that pizza sucks. You're a stupid idiot. Your pizza sucks. 
Well, the like I said, the answer is all of the pizza in Nashua sucks, except for Sopranos. <laughs> and uh, I'll have to send this podcast to the good people at Sopranos to see if they can be my very first sponsor someday. Okay, I, but I wanted to read from the... Where is it? Oh, you goddamn son of a bitch. Where did you go? Uh, well, there was a post on one of the local forums about somebody actually had ordered a banana split from a local ice cream parlor and didn't get a banana. <laughs> and they were really pissed about it. And they also said not only did they not get their banana, but it's the third time that it had happened. And unfortunately, this post, the guy probably deleted his post. And shame on me, I meant to screenshot the whole thing so that I would never lose it. And I didn't screenshot it, and now it's gone. But it was so wonderful because it was about banana splits, and it was on the online, uh, you know, one of the one of the local forums. And the guy didn't specify where he got the the no banana banana split. He was just complaining. I called the manager. They wouldn't do anything. I did this. They wouldn't do anything. And somebody said, I mean, the guy's a fucking idiot. You got three banana splits, and they didn't have bananas in it. And so he said, Well, why, why wouldn't you do a, a QC? of your order to make sure that there's a banana in there. And he said, uh, it was a takeout order. Like, but okay. So you waited to get home to, to inspect the banana split that the previous two times had no banana in it. And I was charged $8 for this banana split. <laughs> like, first of all, you're the fucking idiot who's paying $8 for a banana split. Second of all, you've got it two other times with no banana and third of all, you think that on the third try you're going to get a banana and it's a, it's a takeout order and you don't inspect the order before you get in your car and go home and then you go home and there's no banana and you flip out and you call the manager and then you post about it like an idiot on the forum and then you don't expect to be made fun of for being an idiot who A, orders a banana split, B, gets a banana split three times in a row, three consecutive bananaless banana splits and you are still pissed? You're pissed about somebody else being an idiot? Hello, dum-dum. Who's the asshole who ordered a banana split from the same shitty place and didn't get a banana three times in a row? And you're going out in public to complain about it. So I'm not surprised. I had saved it to read later, and I was going to take screenshots, and it's gone because probably everybody who commented on that said you know, something along the lines of you're maybe not the smartest guy in the world for ordering the same thing three times after they've made the mistake two times and then waiting to get home on the third time and then not having a banana split. You stupid fuck. And I didn't get a chance. We were, we were on our way somewhere, so I didn't get a chance. I was going to write. I was going to respond to this guy and say, well, maybe... <laughs> Maybe they, uh, maybe they deliberately deliberately left out the banana split because what kind of an asshole puts a banana in ice cream? Maybe they were just trying to save you from yourself, you fucker. All right. Speaking of ice cream, though, I don't mind sharing this. As I, as I have made fun of everybody who enjoys banana splits, and rightfully so because they're stupid. Uh, one uh, little-known fact about me that is about to become a well-known fact, it's a fact that, uh, that my wife knows very well. My kids know uh, is that I'm I'm terrible at eating ice cream cones since forever since I was a little kid I never properly learned or taught myself the way to eat an ice cream cone like a human being like a person 
you know, you especially out in the hot sun, you you have to eat it fast. It drips, it melts. Uh, I've, I've never had that ability. I was watching my kids eat ice cream cones the other day, and they've got it down perfectly. They're they're perfect at eating eating ice cream. They just just the right amount of 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 licking, making sure it's not you know no no dribbling, no drips, no nothing. They're just great at eating ice cream off of an ice cream cone. Their mom is great at eating ice cream off an ice cream cone. Most human beings that I've ever seen in my life are really good at eating ice cream off of ice cream cones. I am not good at eating ice cream off of ice cream cones. And as I'm watching the kids eat this ice cream, and it's not melting, and they're they're catching every little drip before it before it gets gets out of control, and I just I don't even I won't I won't eat ice cream cones in the summer for this reason because I can't I, I I don't know why I don't know what's wrong with me. It's one of the many things that I can't do that a normal functioning human being, child or adult, should be able to do, and in most cases can do, and I can't do that because I lack something in my DNA or somewhere that doesn't allow me to properly eat an ice cream cone. And so we were telling the kids about uh, the worst such example. I remember being a kid and all my friends were the same age. They would, they would We'd go and get ice cream somewhere and they're all eating their ice cream cones and it's this perfect, uh, you know, perfect ball of ice cream and they've they've licked it to just just the right. It's it's like this smooth thing, and they've got it all under control. There's not a drip. I've got like 17 napkins in my right hand alone, and they're just they're soaked with ice cream because I can't catch the ice cream because I can't lick it fast enough. And now I've got ice cream everywhere. And that was when I was a kid. Okay, you're a kid. Maybe you don't know how to eat ice cream that well. But for me, uh, the last I think the last time that I ate an ice cream cone outside in the heat because I, I won't do it because I don't want people to see a fucking almost 40-year-old man uh, covered in ice cream because that's what happens when I get an ice cream cone in summer. Or frankly, if I get an ice cream cone in the, in, in the dead of winter, uh, the same shit's going to happen too. And uh, Kimmy reminded me of a time that, <laughs> that the two of us were uh, one of our many trips to Orlando. We'd go to, we'd go to Florida all the time back in the day. I think I mentioned 2005, 2006. I mean, we... we we had for a year we had an apartment there for a year uh but before that we would fly down frequently because it was 50 bucks to, to, to fly down there one way and uh and so the closest beach we'd go out to like coco beach or something like that go out to the pier have some lunch ice cream places everywhere and we get an ice cream and we were we were walking back to the car one time and we passed by this ice cream shop near the the pier in coco beach went in and they had really good ice cream and they had uh, something called garbage can ice cream i think garbage can and it's you know it's one of those ice creams where they have like a you know there's like snickers and there's cookies and there's all this all this bullshit they just put everything in the ice cream so i had got like a big a cone like two scoops of that on a cone and uh and started eating and we went outside of course it's florida so it's it's 500 degrees and there's you know 108 percent humidity so it's already I'm already in bad shape. Like I said, in the dead of winter, I'm still going to have a problem eating ice cream off an ice cream cone. In Cocoa Beach, in the middle of summer, I'm really going to have a problem. So Kimmy and I, we thought, ah, we'll get some ice cream cones and we'll eat it as we walk back to the car, which was parked, um, you know, maybe a half a mile down the road, a few blocks down the road. We'll finish our ice cream, we'll get in the car, and we'll go back to our hotel or our apartment, whatever whatever it was. So, uh, So I started eating my ice cream. And Kim knows that it's going to start dripping, so she's like, "You, you know how you are with ice cream. You better start eating this." I'm like, "I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing the best I can." So I start licking, and then there's a drip on one. I can feel the drip on the other side, 
and then I so I spin my cone around and I try to get that drip, and then there's another drip on the on the other side that's getting onto my knuckles. So I, I'm trying to lick that. So I'm now I'm like licking my hand. I'm licking my knuckles. It's dripping on my all my fingers, and I've taken like 20 napkins from this place too. And I'm like wiping, I'm wiping my hand as we go. And then I, she's like, she's like, stop. And Kim says, stop, stop taking all this time. The the time you're wasting to wipe the ice cream off your hands. There's more ice cream is dripping onto your hands. And I, I'm saying, I know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. She said, just lick the ice cream like you're supposed to. Look at me. And she goes. Licks the ice cream. She has a perfect cone. Nothing's dripping. Nothing's dribbling. Her hand is clean. Her ice cream cone is clean. She's doing what she's supposed to do. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, wow, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm, I'm licking the ice cream cone and I'm twirling it around. And it's just, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm not making this like smooth ball of ice cream that you're supposed to have if you're, if you're licking the ice cream properly. And more ice cream is dripping, it's dripping onto my fingers. And then I would go to like turn the ice cream and lick my fingers. And then it's like, now it's, as I turn the ice cream cone, like the ice cream from the top of the, the ice cream scoop, the scoop of ice cream that's on top of the cone is now dripping. Somehow it's like dripping onto my elbow. I've gotten it to, I've gotten the cone to where it's like, it's over my elbow and there's ice cream dripping on my elbow. And now we're at the point and we're only like, again, the car's like three blocks away. I, f- I figure like if I can just keep this thing under control until we get to the air conditioning of my car because the ice cream shop wasn't big enough to just hang out and eat ice cream inside the ice cream shop. We had to walk. We had to leave, get our ice cream and get out. So <laughs> so I figure, okay, if I can just keep this ice cream under control until we get to the car, I should be in good shape. We'll get the air conditioning on and I'll, I'll, I'll be able to manage. And uh, this, this is all happening within the first block. And I'm just suddenly, by the time we got to the block number two, this ice cream is so much on my hand. It looks like it just looks like I'm wearing a glove made of ice cream. It's going completely down to my elbow, my entire forearm, my fingers. Everything is just covered. So now I'm like, I'm yelling at Kim, like, "What do I do?" And she's like, "Just try to wipe it off. Just lick, eat the ice cream." I'm like, "Do I lick the ice cream off my arm first or off the cone? What do I do?" And she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? How do you not know how to do this, you goon?" So I'm just, I'm just licking. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm taking my tongue and I'm lick, licking from my elbow, basically all the way up my arm, up my fingers to the, just one fell swoop. I'm getting like all the ice cream from my arm up to the ice cream cone. And that's not helping at all. Cause it's still just dripping. And now I'm, I'm got all the napkins are drenched in ice cream. The napkins have now become a part of my skin. They've been like, yeah, they've been like welded to my skin through you know the ice cream melting process. They're now the ice cream and the napkin and my skin are all one entity. And so I just I just look like I'm wearing this chocolate vanilla glove with ice cream. My hand is my hand and my arm completely covered in ice cream. And Kim is of course cracking up and her ice cream is almost done. And it looks perfect and sh- and she has it under control. And I'm just, I'm screaming and swearing and ice cream is going everywhere. Now it's like going on my shoes. It's like, I looked back and there's just a trail of ice cream drops on the ground. It's on my knee. What a fucking disaster. So there that's, I make fun of people who don't like banana splits because they're idiots. Here's, here's my story of me being an idiot with actual ice cream. I can't eat a fucking ice cream cone. Everybody else on the planet knows how to eat over the age of like five knows how to eat an ice cream cone. And here I am. This was, I was maybe 25 uh, the, the last time this, this Cocoa Beach incident. And I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't touched an ice cream cone since because I can't, I can't handle it. I'm not equipped. 
uh, I don't have the mental or physical capacity to properly uh, ingest an ice cream cone. And I'm I'm jealous of those who do. I just I'll say that I've watched my kids eat many an ice cream cone as I sit there uh, like a 97 year old with a dish of ice cream when we go to the ice cream place and get ice cream, and they're eating their cones, and I'm sitting there with a little dish, my dainty little spoon, like a fucking asshole. So yeah, that's that's my uh, inability to eat ice cream. Um, and that reminds me too. Speaking of Florida. There's going to be some some Florida heavy heavy topics this week. Uh, might have been that's no, it wasn't that same trip. But there was another trip to uh, to to Florida to Disney World. In uh, this was in 2008, and um, we were we were stayed at you know usually we stayed at like a Best Western or something right near all the theme parks. We had multiple day tickets. Good to go. We went to the Animal Kingdom. We went to Epcot. We went to we went to all of them, and we saved. Of course, we'd always save Magic Kingdom for last. Usually, we do Epcot first. Epcot's probably probably my favorite. Um, I love the World Showcase. I love Epcot. I love Magic Kingdom because there's tons of you know all the big you know haunted mansions there and Splash Mountain, Space Mountain. You know all kinds of new shit now that they've you know they just keep expanding. There's just tons and tons of stuff. And, uh, but for the most part, I would say Epcot was always the one that, uh, that we liked going to. And, uh, but this particular trip, we saved the Magic Kingdom for last. Uh, I'm not sure why, maybe just because the way we had the schedule laid out, I think Magic Kingdom was at the time the most, it probably still is the busiest crowd wise of the parks. And so we wanted to save that for a day that would be the least crowded day. To go to the Magic Kingdom, if that makes sense. So we saved it for like a win. We we did like a Wednesday to Wednesday or something like that, and we, whatever, it doesn't matter. So Magic Kingdom was the last uh, the last park we visited. The night before that, for some reason, I remember we were sitting at we went to Tony Roma's, <laughs> Tony Roma's famous ribs, on uh, I Drive in Orlando International Drive, and I remember watching. The World Series, 2008 World Series, I think was going on. So it was late October. It was right around Halloween. And, uh, yeah, we had some ribs, I guess. I think we had some, like, potato skins and some sour cream to go with those potato skins. And Kim and I ate all of the exact same things except sour cream. She won't touch sour cream. I had a bunch of sour cream. I dipped my potato skins into the sour cream. Next day we get up and we're showering and getting dressed and getting ready to go to the Magic Kingdom. I immediately feel feel something in my stomach where I know immediately I feel this pain in my stomach and I say, okay, at some point I'm going to throw up today. And uh, I told, I sat down and I said, oh man, I'm not feeling so great. And Kim's like, oh, well, what do you want to do? We should stay home. And I said, no way, dude. We're here for one more day. We're going to the Magic Kingdom. So we drove over to the Magic Kingdom. By the way, you should not uh, probably not eat while I tell this story. Finish up, finish your snacks, finish your dinner, your lunch, whatever. Because uh, this is just a story about me throwing up all over all over the Magic Kingdom. So you've been warned. Uh, so yeah, Kimmy and I go to the Magic Kingdom, and it's just getting worse. And I'm just feeling, you know, I'm just I'm drinking water, trying to 
trying to convince myself that it's not what I know it is, even though there's that imis- that's that unmistakable feeling of like I'm gonna I'm gonna Pukey Charles is about to uh, rear his ugly head pretty soon. But I'm committed. I'm not going to come all the way here and we save the Magic Kingdom for the last day and then not go to the Magic Kingdom because I'm sitting in a hotel room being sick. No way. If it was work that I had to go to, then yeah, absolutely I would stay home for even lesser uh, illnesses. But this is the fucking Magic Kingdom. We came all the way down here. We've done all the other parks. Now we're going to do the Magic Kingdom. So, uh, so the first thing we go on for some reason was Peter Pan's flight. We we headed to Peter Pan's flight and then had a pretty long line. It always does for some reason, and and then I'm just I'm standing there and I'm just I'm just feeling worse and worse, and now I'm doing the thing where I'm I'm kind of I'm standing there and I'm swaying back and forth, and Kim's like you look like shit, and I'm not even talking. I'm just I'm doing that thing that I do when I get when I feel the uh, the pukey coming on, and I just breathe heavily from my nose like. That's me breathing my, my nose, uh, and that's what I did the whole time. We stood in line, and I'm thinking like I gotta make I gotta make it. If, if I only I, if this is the only ride I make it on, I just have to go on one ride, and then if I get sick, we'll go home. And I'm also staking out like where am I gonna go if I have to push all these people and kids out of the way and just like throw up in the middle of the Magic Kingdom. I'm looking at all the different shrubs. I'm trying to find where where the best spot is if I have to jump out of this line and go throw up somewhere. And somehow, for some reason, I didn't throw up and we made it onto the Peter Pan ride. And it actually made me feel a little bit better. We were riding the ride and I was feeling pretty good. Still knew I was going to be sick, but it didn't, I don't know, something about just standing there out in the heat was probably not helping things. So now we're, we're in the air conditioning, sitting down. I'm going on a nice, uh, a nice park ride. Feeling pretty good, so we get off Peter Pan, and we go in. We go into uh, some other some other ride. I think we went to get lunch or breakfast or something. And and I'm just same thing. I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I can't eat. I think I tried to have a bite of something. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not in the. I'm not in the eating mood. And I'm just like, I'm pale as a ghost, and I'm just sweating. And then I start rocking back and forth again, like. And Kim's like, we really should go home. And I'm like, mm-mm, rides. So, so we leave. Uh, we go on a couple more rides. And then it just hits me. And we get off of, I think we went on like Snow White, the Snow White ride. And in the middle of that, I'm just like, I think the you know as the ride starts spinning, it's not a thrill ride by any means. It's for little kids. And there's a few parts where the ride kind of spins a little bit. Maybe it was Winnie the Pooh. I don't know, but I'm on this ride and uh, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is gonna get ugly. And we're, we're on the ride and I'm just uh, my eyes are crossed now because I'm just like, and Kim's like, oh my god, are you gonna make it to the end of this ride? And I'm just shrugging my shoulders like, I don't know. <laughs> so the ride ends and we get off and I'm like. I gotta go. I, just, I didn't wait. I just blew out of the out of the ride, pushed everybody out of my way, and ran to the bathroom, and just got so fucking sick. Oh, it was awful. And uh, but it, but what happens when you get sick? What happens when you throw up? After it's done, you feel like a million bucks. 
So I came out and I'm like, I was like a new man. Kim's like, are you okay? I'm like, I am ready to go. Let's hit Splash Mountain. So we went to Splash Mountain and I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling great. We went on uh, Big Thunder Mountain. I'm feeling great. We had Pirates of the Caribbean. Feeling great. And then, uh, and then I'm not feeling so great all of a sudden. I think it maybe was after Big Thunder Mountain. I'm not feeling so great. It's back. It's back. And I'm just like... And Kim's like, are you serious? And I'm like... Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, Jesus. So I run in and I you know, have another round. Pukey Charles round two. Uh, and then I come out and I feel like a million bucks. And Kim's like, we should go back to the hotel so you can get in bed and rest. And I'll get you some soup some broth and I'm like no way I feel great and she's like we need to go home and I'm like I'm like haunted mansion gotta go to the haunted mansion she's like are you serious and now it's at the point where like you know like labor contractions it's coming faster and faster like I can get you know at first it was like ah I've got a good 20 minutes of not feeling like shit oh I gotta puke now it's like every 10 minutes so before we even got to the haunted mansion we're just walking along. We're just walking along, and all of a sudden, I just go. And Kim's like, "Are you fucking serious? You just?" She's like, "We need to leave," and I'm like, "Right." Haunted Mansion. And Kim's like, "Dude, this is you shouldn't be doing this. What if you get sick? Like, there's other people here." And I'm like, "I can make it to the bathroom." Let's just go. She's like, oh, for God's sakes. So we get to the Haunted Mansion. I'm just, I'm, I'm clenching my stomach. And we're spinning around the Haunted Mansion. And I'm just. <laughs> and get off. And she's like, let's leave. And I'm like. Tune down. Tune down. <laughs> and so our future world, or whatever the fuck it's called. And, uh, you know, Space Mountain. <laughs> And so I, I go and I puke again somewhere, somewhere around Cosmic Rays Cafe. I think I went and got sick. Then we went on Space Mountain. I felt pretty good. I figured if I can go on the big thrill rides with all the dips and drops, like right after I get sick, then I'll be in good shape. And so that's what I strategically I would throw up and then, uh, you know, go on go on the the Splash Mountains and the uh, and the um, and the Space Mountains and things like that. So the last ride that we, it's getting it's 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 evening. We've spent the full day at this park. We've made it around the whole park. I have puked in every men's room at the park. I've been on every e-ticket attraction, and uh, you know we've had what would otherwise be a very people would look at this on paper and say, "Wow, that's a productive day at the park." Knowing that I was puking all over the place, like, "Wow, that's a really productive day at the park." Also, you're an idiot. You should have listened to your wife all eight times that she said, "Go back to the hotel. Let's go to the hotel." But I was there to ride rides. Even if I feel like death, I was just there to ride rides. So one of the last things that we did, I don't think we intended for it to be the last thing, but it was the last thing. I was done after this. After like eight hours, eight fucking hours at the park, uh, the last thing we did, we went to the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Which, uh, if you don't know the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, it's uh, you wait in the queue outside, 
and you know the place fills in fills in fills in and it's just wall-to-wall people everywhere it's it's a you know if you're claustrophobic this is a nightmare because it's just people 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 everywhere it's not really so much a line or a queue or anything like that as it's just a bunch of people packed into a small waiting area and then you go into a a basically a theater you sit down and you watch the characters from monsters inc they do kind of this stand-up comedy show and it's interactive with the audience it's very cute one time uh, we were in there and cameron got picked out you know, they put the spotlight and the camera on her. There's a big screen so you can see the audience members and they tell jokes to the audience and this stuff. And Cameron was, you know, two years old and she got picked out as, uh, you know, Mike Wazowski goes, hey, there's Boo. It's Boo is in the audience. And they put the, the spotlight on Cameron and everybody oohed and awed. It was very cute. It's a really, it's a fun attraction. You used to be, I don't know if you can now, but you used to be able to text jokes that the monsters will then tell, uh, you know. I texted one one time, what did the chicken say to the duck? You quack me up because I thought that's so fucking stupid. Even Monsters, Inc. is going to think that's stupid. There's no way they're going to read that. And, of course, we get in and they say, what did the chicken say to the duck? You quack me up. And everybody's laughing. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Uh, Anyway, that was a different time. This time was not as fun because I also realized that, uh, you know, not being out in, you know, in air conditioning or in fresh air, uh, that was helpful. Being in a, a big line, a big crowd of people with nowhere to go really made things worse. So now there's no there's no wall, there's no escape. We're in this. We're in this Monsters, Inc. thing. We're locked in because for me to turn around and try to leave the, the amount of people that I would have to push through walking towards, walking against traffic, so to speak, uh, it wasn't happening. There's no exit. There's no way to get out. I'm just, I'm stuck. I'm in this and I'm waiting for the Monsters, Inc. show to finish I know that as soon as they let us into that auditorium, that I'm running to the other side of the auditorium to the exit door to get out of there and to go Ralph all over the park. <laughs> so we're, we're standing there and Kim's trying to make me feel better. And I'm just, I'm swaying back and forth. I'm just rocking like a fucking, like a fucking swing set. I'm just going. And of course, there's tons of people everywhere. They, they have to be hearing this and looking at me and saying, oh my God, this guy is about to throw up on my face. The, like, there's, it's, there's no mistaking it for something else. It's not like, oh, this guy is really breathing very heavily through his nostrils. He must be very excited to see Mike and Sully and the rest of the gang from Monsters, Inc. do their comedic thing on the laugh floor. There's no, nobody who saw me or heard me would say that. They would look at me and immediately say, puke, puke, that guy right there, puke. He's, he's going to lose it. He's got about 10 seconds to go before he loses his shit all over the place. Luckily, I somehow, I, I really, and I really did. I thought, I'm, this is it. I've made it this far. I can't get out of this line and I am going to, I'm going to vomit on all of these families standing in front of me. There's no stopping it. Not to get too detailed, but some people, like Kim, if she has to be sick and throw up, it's like, uh, uh, sorry, but it's 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 nothing. It's so effortless. Here's Kim throwing up. Yeah. And she's done. That's it. That's Kim throwing up. That's how long it takes. That's how violent it is. It's, yeah. And then she's done. That's it. She doesn't even make that much noise. And it's over. She's on with her day. Uh, me, on the other hand, not so much as 
as Kimmy has seen, I fall on my hands and knees, and it's like it's like The Exorcist. It really is, and the sounds that I make, I can't help it. Uh, just like I scare the shit out of everybody when I sneeze, I can't help it. That's just, I can't, I can't help it. I might be able to help myself eat an ice cream better if I just practice, but the way that I throw up and the way that I sneeze is completely out of my control. And unfortunately, Cameron inherited the same thing. So I'm just sitting there like, that's, that's what it's like. That's, that's a very modest uh, version of what it's, what it's like, because I don't want to get too graphic and detailing how I throw up on this podcast. That's, that's gross. Uh, so anyway, so the Monsters Inc. laugh floor, we're standing there with a million other people and I'm just, and I'm rocking back and forth and Kim's, you know, like rubbing my back and I'm like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, don't touch, don't touch. She's like, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. And they finally let everybody, they open the door and like, come on in everybody to the Monsters Inc. laugh floor and get ready for laughter. And uh, so we go in and I, again, I keep tricking myself into thinking that I can, I can do this stuff. Originally, I thought I was going to run to the other side of the door and just exit. As soon as we entered stage right, I was going to exit stage left and get the fuck out of there and go, uh, you know, do my thing, go be sick. Uh, but I, as soon as we got in, I thought, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can make it, maybe I can make it, I can try it. So we sit down, we get our seats and Kim's like, are you sure you're going to make it through this? And then I'm just like, "Mm -mm." and then I just hop up out of my chair. And, but by this time. I think we sat there for a few minutes. By this time, everybody is seated in the auditorium. So now I have to like push my way through these people. And also, they have exit doors on the other side. But they also have curtains that come down and they cover the exit doors because they don't really want people leaving in the middle. Either leave before the show or don't go at all or wait till the show's over and then leave with everybody else. When we lift the curtain, the doors will fling open and you can leave. So... Uh, and I and I told Kim to just stay and enjoy the Monsters Inc. laugh floor, which she did. She sat by herself. Why not? We paid the tickets. Go there. Uh, don't let it you know ruin your day. So Kim sat and watched the Monsters Inc. show, and I got up and you know and, and they're just starting. Like, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Monsters Inc. laugh floor, and I I run across the front of the auditorium with my hand over my face, just going. <laughs> Just sprinting and I get to the curtains and I'm like, finally the exit. Well, the curtains, they, they don't have, they don't have an opening. The curtains come down and then they go up the curtains to the, to the, to the exit, the curtains on the left side of the auditorium, which there are three or four exit doors behind those curtains, but there's no opening in a curtain. Like on a play, the curtains just go up and down. And so I'm, so Kimmy is just watching me running up and down the side of this uh, this wall with doors on the other side, feeling like a blind person, feeling around the curtains, feeling for the opening in the curtains, and there's nothing there. And I'm spinning around, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> going like this, and I'm feeling for the fucking curtain opening, and there is none. So then I had to, what I had to do, I said, well, okay, I don't have a knife. I'm not going to rip these curtains open. So I had to, like, I had to, bend down and pick up the curtain and basically I had to roll underneath the curtain. That's what I did. I basically like squatted down underneath the curtain and the curtain's really heavy too. It's obviously not supposed to be lifted up. It's just a big heavy, it's a giant floor to ceiling. You know, it's th this curtain's like 30 feet high. 
and it's I'm trying to lift it over my head, and now you know Kim just sees me like on my knees and my little feet scurrying out underneath the curtain. And she told me later that she was cracking up the whole time, even though she felt really bad for me uh, that I was trying to get out of there to go puke. So I'm I'm crawling under this curtain, going, <laughs> and I finally get to the door, and then I sprint as fast as I can to the closest uh, restroom, and then just. <laughs> which is what it was like all day <laughs> i'm still downplaying how awful it sounds when i throw up um and of course to make it worse i felt terrible as i'm sitting there in the bathroom <laughs> and then there's this little kid a few stalls down with his father and he's like daddy <laughs> daddy <laughs> yes son What's wrong with that man? Is he dying, Daddy? <laughs> no, son, he's just very, very sick. <laughs> so I'm just, uh, I'm just losing it. And so finally I come back out, and, and at that time the Monsters Inc. laugh show had ended. Kimmy and I met somewhere outside of the the exit and it was at this point this was probably like six o'clock at night and i said okay that's it i'm done i know i feel okay now but i'm going to feel worse and i'm going to throw up again we need to go home and so kimmy drove me back to the hotel and she went to panera and she got me delicious soup and a sandwich and uh, ironically enough as soon as we got home i still felt like shit but i got in bed and uh, i wasn't that was there was no more pukey charles but i still felt fucking awful and it's all because i'm telling you it's that sour cream from tony roma's famous ribs that made me uh that made uh that brought out old pukey charles the good news is that's the last time i've uh i've ever gotten sick and thrown up so because you know just like wearing sports jerseys when you get to be a certain age you really there's no reason that you should be throwing up other than like heavy drinking i guess um you know but other than that yeah, that's that's the end of my puking. So I went out with a bang. My last uh, my last really bad uh, puking incident was, uh, you know, if you're gonna go big or go home, right? Why not puke all over the Magic Kingdom? It's the happiest, happiest, pukiest place on earth. Oh man. Yeah, those were the days. I could. I think those were around. I have a hard time enjoying myself on vacation we're gonna go on vacation next week uh fourth of july week as i mentioned which is why there may or may not be a podcast i don't know when i say we're going on vacation kimmy and the kids are going to be on vacation uh the family's going to be on vacation i'm bringing my work laptop and i will have the day off on fourth of july but i'm working the rest of the week which is not like a woe is me boo-hoo i could i could take the days off if i wanted to but i just don't want to um and so that's fine. So we're going to go down there and I'm going to work. And then, you know, in the evenings and the afternoon, I'll have, you know, I'll have my free time. But it's, it's weird. I'm, I'm almost, I don't know. I can't, I, I have this, this inability to enjoy vacations. I mean, either, and, and not because I get sick and puke all over the Disney world. That was, that was the exception to the rule. But, you know, Kimmy and I used to go on vacations and we'd go to Florida and stuff and they were fun. Um, and you know, Myrtle beach and all these other places, but I never, 
it's probably been a good solid decade since I've really enjoyed a vacation. I'm not sure why. It's just I don't know. It's just the way that I am. I just can't. Uh, I can't. I can't unwind properly. And I'm not sure. I don't. I don't allow myself to enjoy vacations. I think that's the problem. I don't really allow myself. I go on a vacation and I think like. I don't know. I, some people, some people can fucking get out the door. Vacation starts, and that's it. And they're in vacation mode, party animal, having a great time. Everything's good. And I just can't do it because I think about like, oh man, I got to leave the house, and then we got to drive, and then like, what if, you know, what if the what if the the mail service doesn't actually stop, and then the mail is piled up in the mailbox, or there's newspaper, like stupid shit. Like, who cares? But that's the stuff that I think about. And then I think like, uh, you know, what if, what if while I'm here on vacation, like they're getting ready to fire me at work and I come back and there's no job and they were pissed because I took a vacation and I shouldn't, uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of those weird things. Like I'm, I'm not great at relaxing, I guess I can relax at home for a couple of hours. I can do a good solid you know, laziness for a few hours. And then even if it's just at home, like even on a Saturday, whatever I'm doing, I feel like it's the wrong thing that I should be doing something more productive and something better. And so I think vacation is just a full week of that where I think like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be enjoying myself right now. I should be doing something. I should be accomplishing something. (laughs) And uh, it's a really weird thing. And then here's the time where I do enjoy vacation is when we get to usually like the last day of vacation the last evening or the last night. And I think, you know, people say you should take two weeks because nobody, you can't unwind in a week. You're supposed to take two weeks. I'm never, I'm not going to take two weeks. Uh, That's just, I don't know, maybe someday. Uh, But for me, I get to that last, the night before we're supposed to leave. And then it's the first, it's usually that's the first time that I really feel like I'm on vacation. And just as soon as I sit down and, you know, wherever we are, I look at the beach or the ocean or the lake or the mountains or whatever we're doing, and I think, ah, oh, yeah, this is pretty nice. And then I look at the clock and say, oh, shit, got to pack the suitcase. We're leaving bright and early tomorrow morning. So, yeah, and 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 up until the uh, up until the puking part, I that was a vacation that I did enjoy. You know, we were just kind of maybe that's the thing too. I didn't. Back in those days, I was taking vacation from fucking retail, working at Barnes and Noble. That's vacation. I'm taking vacation from vacation, basically. Like working at Barnes and Noble was like being on summer vacation, 365 days out of the year. Now, if you're a manager or something like that, yeah, there's a little more responsibility. That's that's tough. I wouldn't want to do that. I would. I don't want to manage anybody. I can. I can't manage eating an ice cream cone. Why? Why would I manage people? But back in the Barnes and Noble days, we would take vacations. And really, when you think about it, they were probably not very well deserved or well earned because I wasn't really doing anything. I wasn't making I wasn't making good money, and then and Kim was making pretty good money, and we would just spend it to go on a vacation. And then I would come back and think like, ah, shit, I don't have any money. And then we'd go back to work and you'd, you'd make some money. But I never we'd go on these vacations, and I didn't because I, I think I was just I was relaxed. I was just perpetually relaxed because work was so fucking easy. And now it's like, oh man. There's more responsibilities and kids and, you know, that kind of thing that like, ah, shit. So my mind's just, you know, it's thinking about like, okay, well, there's work that I still need to do when I get back and uh, there's this and there's that. I could never really quite enjoy a vacation. But uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything. We're going on vacation next week. 
that's what I wanted to say. I'm technically not on vacation. I'll be working. So I'm wondering if I'm actually going to, even though I won't be free during the day to go and do things, you know, I'm not going to be running out to the beach or anything like that in the middle of the afternoon. I wouldn't anyways, because are you fucking kidding me in the middle of, you know, in 4th of July out in the blazing sun, the beach and the ocean and all those people and sand everywhere. Give me a fucking break. It's disgusting. So I might actually, maybe I'll, that's the other thing too. I feel obligated on vacation, kind of like the barbecue thing. It's all nice and good, but I feel obligated when I'm on vacation, like even though it's my vacation and if I want to go, if I want to go, you know, uh, 500 miles, a thousand miles from here, wherever it is and just sit in a hotel room and play video games, that should be my prerogative because it's my vacation and I should do, uh, things that I like to do on (laughs) my vacation. And, uh, and I think when I go on a vacation, it's a different place. And I look out and I think, oh, no, there's the beach. I should be at, the, you know, if you go to the beach, you should be at the beach sitting under an umbrella, which is like one of the top 10 shittiest things that I hate doing. Sitting on a, f- there's nothing more fucking dreadful. I hate sitting on a goddamn beach under an umbrella. Just sitting out in the sun under an umbrella at a beach is, you know, maybe one of the top uh, dreads of my life. I do love swimming. I like, but, but the ocean is, you know, it's filled with sharks and jellyfish and it's gross. People pissing and shitting all over the place. Same with the pool. Like I said, you've got a little, you know, kids with their feces and their dead skin all over the place. So you can't go there either. Uh, so there's just too many, there's too many things to get me worked up and stressed out. Vacation's a horrible thing to do because you got, you know, outdoors and sunburn, you're going to get cancer. You're going to get feces from the pool and from the ocean in your face. Uh, and it's just, it's just gross. So I'm thinking I'm, I'm now obligated to stay inside in the air conditioning for the whole day. I'm going to stay inside and I'm going to be doing work. I'll be productive. I I always feel good. I never feel guilty. You know, when the work day is over, when it's five o'clock and the day is at an end, work is over. I don't feel guilty about like going home and relaxing and doing whatever I want, playing video games, going to the pool, hanging out with the kids. I don't feel guilty about that because that's what you're supposed to do at the evening. Day's over. I've earned it. When I'm on vacation, I feel like, what am I doing? What have I done to earn this? Even though I have, I worked really hard and I've gotten this, you know, it's, it's, you should take time off. So I'm thinking my theory is that next week I'll be working every day and I'll probably enjoy the time more than if I had those days off because I will work and then I will have time in the evening and time early in the morning to, to spend with the kids and do stuff, do fun things. And I think I will appreciate it more. That is my theory. Let's see if that theory holds up. And in addition to that, 4th of July is on a Thursday. So we'll get a few days in, have three days of work, and then I'll get an actual day off and we can, we can enjoy some time together and some fireworks and all that shit. So my theory is, is that I will enjoy next week. Uh, because I will, you know, I'll still be productive. I'll be doing work. Hopefully, I'll be uh, able to churn out a podcast, episode eight. Um, and I, I think I'll, I think it'll be good. I think I'll enjoy it. But otherwise, yeah, man, that's fucking. It's just weird. I can't. I just can't allow myself to enjoy vacations. I just can't. The last, uh, and don't do a lot of vacations. But the last several, I just, you know, it's fun to be there. But I also am just, I. Yeah, I can't fully, you know, some people can just shut it off, man. And they're, they get to that vacation and they are on fucking vacation. I can't do that. And I'm jealous. 
I am jealous of people. I'm jealous of people who can enjoy vacations. I'm jealous of people who can eat an ice cream cone on a summer's day and not get the entire uh, ice cream cone on their fucking hands. So I'm very envious of you people out there. Okay, so here's the here's the deal, gang. This is way too loud. I gotta I gotta adjust this slightly. What if we do that? What if we do that? There, that's good. Oh, that that's it. That's I think that's the sweet that's the sweet spot right there. So here's the deal. Uh, I had completed this podcast, episode seven. I have a, a number of other stories uh, that I told, and I have decided those stories are going to be part of episode eight which I am releasing simultaneously with episode 7, because originally it was all supposed to be episode 7. It was over two hours long. It was well over two hours. That's too long for a podcast, and it's too big of a file size, quite frankly. I tried to upload it. didn't work. Uh, I'm, only, I'm only allotted a certain file size, and I have gone over. So I've split up episode 7. What you've just heard is episode 7. What you are going to get is coming up next was part of episode seven it's now going to be called episode eight i mean to do the introduction everything just keeping it two separate podcasts i was going to do 7.1 and 7.2 but that's i don't like that shit fuck that so it's going to be podcast episode seven is what you're listening to now what is about to wrap up and conclude and episode eight is going to immediately follow this now here's the bonus is I've given you some there's some stories about Seacoast coming up on episode eight that I've already recorded and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy them. Uh, what I'm going to do since these are now two podcasts instead of one is this means I'm going to I've, I've got a, a cousin Cliffy call on episode eight coming up but here on episode seven we're going to do uh, we're gonna do a, a it's a short call. It's Dr. Well it's a surprise cameo guest also named Cliff. And it's, uh, well, it's, a, it's an interesting call. Somebody who also is a big fan of Cliff. And, and of course, Cliff uh, Womack, uh, in my mind anyways, was named after this individual. And you're going to find out in just a few seconds. So uh, I'm not going to do the usual goodbyes and thank yous and all that stuff. Uh, you know what? Yeah, yes, I am. Yes, I am. If this is going to be a true episode 7 and not a 7.1, we're going to do all the usual shit. Which is why I say to you, uh, keep email me, emailing me at birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. That's birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, let me know how I'm doing, feedback, whatever it is, questions, comments. I will read your email on the podcast, whether you like it or not. And uh, texts are nice too, all that shit. Uh, so yeah, I, I love you guys, and I'm very thankful for... All the uh, all the listening and all the commenting and you know all the fun that we're having. This is awesome. This is fucking awesome. Uh, having said that, though, uh, I will say that positivity is for big, dopey pieces of shit, and uh, and it's stupid. Uh, however, kindness matters. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a fact. Okay, everybody, I'm gonna go, and uh, here's uh, here's a, another Cliffy call. And uh, we'll see you immediately after this on episode 8, which was originally just supposed to be episode 7, but now it's been split into... Consider consider episode 7, uh, much like book 7 of the Harry Potter movies, where they split it up into two films. It was so big, and there's just so much excitement. That's what this podcast is. This is the, uh, this is the Deathly Hallows of Birthday Boy Podcasts. And, uh, you know, the, 
I don't know, whatever. It's interesting because, you know, Harry Potter's birthday, they tell him, it's like, it's like, you know, Harry Potter, the, the books, they all start on his birthday, so that's also interesting. It's called Birthday Boy Podcast, you know? Oh, just shut up. Fuck you. Leave me alone, will you? Come on. Harry Potter. Okay, that's it. I'm out of here. Later, Gators. Just want to say I'm very proud of you for taking on